You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're going to continue today on our series looking at uh, Gideon. And it's a series that I've titled Taking Our Place. And uh, Gideon was one of these guys that God called and in our very first week we looked at he, he, God gave him an identity that was very different from where he was sitting in that moment, afraid in a wine press, threshing grain, afraid of the Midianites. And yet God spoke to him and said, look, I'm calling you to be a mighty warrior. I'm, I'm defining you as something very different at this point. And he gave him this mandate that he was responding to the needs of Israel by sending Gideon. It was, it was the calling upon Gideon's life. And he said, look, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. Uh, just like I'm with you now, I'm going to be with you through this process. And as we looked last week, as the story journeys forward, the very first thing that God calls him to do is to deal with some things in his own, in his own household, his own, his own life. And so he, he was called to challenge the status quo. He was called to challenge uh, what was happening right at home. And so there was this old lifestyle, these old pursuits of the Baal and and uh, worshiping Asherah pole and, and all these other kind of things that were going on at, at home, he needed to, to, to deal with. And so he does that. He, he goes against the, the norm of the time and he, he destroys the altars. And people are upset about that, but his father comes to his defense and, and uh, something shifts in Israel. Something shifts in, in Gideon's family and his, his life. These old things were destroyed. The things that were kind of the wrong place in Gideon's heart and, and in, in Israel's life at the time. And he established some new priorities by establishing a new altar to, to the Lord, to the, to, to the true God. And so this week, as we look forward into what happens next, uh, we see that God now calls Israel, and most importantly, Gideon, into action at this time. And so we have the calling, we have the preparation we looked at last week, and now we have... This next step of God saying, look, it, it's kind of now time. It's time to start moving forward in what God, what, what I have for you. And so we're going to start out kind of the context now we're in is, is Judges 6.33. And it, we see here, it says, Now the Midianites, the Amalekites, and, and other eastern, eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. And so here we have this context that the armies are all there and... And, and, and now there's this context of, of Israel having to respond, having to come to kind of a, a place of, of, of what are they going to do in response to all the armies kind of joining forces. Now, before Gideon proceeds with military action, he does the following. And so instead of it, kind of Gideon just jumping into the battle scene, he, he stops and he does a couple things, and I, I want to unpackage a bit of what he does. And so the first thing is, he he uh, discerns God's voice. He he wants to make sure this is God. And so as we read Judges six thirty six to forty, we we read the following. It says, Gideon said to God, "If you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised, look, I, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor." If there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground around it is dry, then I will know you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And what, um, and that is what happened. Israel, uh, Gideon rose the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Wow, a lot of water. 
However, then uh, Gideon said to, to God, don't be afraid with me. Uh, sorry, don't be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time, make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry and all the ground was covered with dew. Gideon wanted to make sure that God was with him, that, that, that this was really God leading him. And uh, I, I've heard some people say, look, this was a lack of faith on Gideon's part. He, he, God already spoke to him. He should have just gone for it. Uh, but the stakes were really high. He, he needed to, uh, he, his life was on the line. The life of, of all those who were with him were on the line. Gideon had already called forth the, the forces of Israel to join him. There was well over 22,000 people with him at this moment. And so he, there was a lot riding on what happened next. And he wanted to make sure that he knew this was truly God. There is a value. Can I just say there's a value in discerning God's voice to make sure that it is him that who's speaking to our lives. Uh, God was not upset with Gideon for asking just to confirm that this was him. He, it happened once. He said, look, I, if the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, you know, let that be a sign. But then he's like, mm, let me just see it one more time, but let's do it in reverse. In case this was just a, a natural thing, the fleece would normally be wet. He wanted to just make sure. You know, in my life and in our family's life, there have been moments where we've had to make sure God was leading us. And uh, I was thinking back to when I was about 18 years old. There was a, a time when I, I knew God had put a mission into my heart to be living outside of Canada and uh, serving the Lord, especially here in this part of the world. And uh, I was making this decision of whether to go to university or, um, you know, this this calling I felt in my heart because God has spoken to me. And I was in a youth camp and a youth retreat, and I was sitting at the back and I was just praying, God, I, I really need to know. It's kind of at that crunch time where I really, I needed to put in my applications to university and I, I needed to make a decision. I was in that moment. And I was sitting, it was back at the service, and I, in that moment, I was just saying, God, if this is you, I really, I want you to confirm it. And just at that moment, as I prayed it, uh, a lady came from the kitchen, one of the cooks, and came and sat beside me and said, um, I don't know what God has asked you to do, but I, I'm here just to just say that God's with you to, to do it. I mean, I was blown away. I thought, wow, okay, I literally just prayed it. And someone I don't know, has no idea what my life is, uh, what's going on, came and sat right beside me and confirmed to me what I was just praying. And so I, I had an uncertainty in my heart. I thought, okay, I know what I'm, I know what God's called me to do. And, and uh, so I thought, okay, that was, uh, we were away on the weekend. I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my mom and dad that I'm going to go away and live in another country um, on mission. Uh, serving the Lord. And uh, I thought, hey, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. And so I got home that, that evening and I, I sat down with my mom and dad and I said, mom and dad, I have something to tell you. And my dad said, I know. I said, how, how do you know? And he said, well, God told me this weekend uh, what was going to happen. And I was just, again, shocked that God would confirm it to my mom and dad in this way. And so I, I started to share it and my, my dad was fully aware of what I was going to say because God had already revealed it to him as well. And I, I had a confidence then when I started to set out in my life's journey on and following the Lord and, and going into full time service to him. I knew that God has spoken to me. It was no doubt because he confirmed it more than once in my life. 
But can I also say there was moments over these, over these years that I felt God put something in my heart and I needed to discern, was this you, God? And, and, and what is it that you're, you're asking at this point? And I remember I was good. Well, I was about year 2000. Um, I really, Albania was put in my heart and I thought, Hey, God, is this, are you calling us to live in Albania? Um, I didn't even know where Albania was, in all honesty. Uh, so I looked on the map, and I, I tried to figure it out, um, and I didn't know anyone there. And uh, we ended up, before we make a decision to go to move to a, a country that we've never even heard of or didn't know much about, uh, let's go and spend three weeks in Albania. Let's really discern that this is God speaking. And we went there for three weeks, Don and I, and uh, we discerned at that moment that although God was calling me to be involved with Albania. He wasn't calling us necessarily to live there. And discerning that was really important. I think sometimes we can get a leading from the Lord, but we just jump and go do something without discerning all the details. And so for Gideon, he needed to know this was God. This was truly his leading. This is part of the process of learning to hear God's voice. You, you see, in John 10, we see that God, uh, Jesus said, look, my sheep know my voice. And there's a process that God calls us to, to learn to discern what is it he's, that He's saying to us. What is God saying to you? And it's okay to have these moments when God is, when we sense God is leading us into new things or making some changes in our life. It's okay to say, look, God, I want to make sure this is you. We don't see that God gets angry when we want to make sure that it's Him because we're wanting to follow His will. We're wanting not to make mistakes. And it's okay to say, look, God, I, I want you to confirm this. I, I want you to to really um, verify it. And that can come through others, as it did for me all those years ago. God spoke to other people in my life. But it also can be us reading Scripture. It can come through circumstances. Sometimes circumstances can point us to confirm what God had already put in our hearts to do or, or not to do. It's also His Spirit within us that can can verify and can speak again and again and to the point where we just know deep within us that this is truly God. It is God that's speaking to us. God desires that we would we would know His voice, that we would hear His voice and, and that we would respond to it. You only have one life to live and, and I think it's important that we take each step not by just failing after failing after kind of failure after failure, but we, we take the steps ordered of the Lord and, and that we discern what those what the voice is as he speaks. God displays to Gideon that it's really him and, and it becomes undeniable. Uh, God answers the request that, that Gideon gives. And uh, at this point, things could go very wrong for Gideon uh, because God has called him. He knows that God has called him to this role. He, he's, he's taken these steps of, of process. Uh, he's discerned that this is God leading him into battle and he knows that God's God's with him. The one thing that God, sorry, that Gideon doesn't know is the how. How does God want to win this battle? How does it, how does it need to play out? And, and I think for you and for me, this is where we can get it terribly wrong. We can hear God's voice. We know God's saying for some, for us to do something, but then we have a temptation at this moment to lean in our own understanding, to kind of, to kind of figure it out and come up with a plan. Uh, how are we going to do this? You know, even in this story, Gideon has all these men with him. He's got a he's got a uh, an army with him at this at this present moment. And so it would be easy for Gideon to to, to pull his 
his men together and say, all right, guys, let's come up with a really good plan. Let's strategize. Let's look at how the enemy is camped up and let's come up with a really good strategy to conquer them. But he doesn't do that. He, he, he is continuing to listen to the Lord's voice in the how. And can I say, we can follow God, but if we get the how wrong, how God wants us to, to, to play out the, the roles he calls us to, we can miss out on what he really wants to do through our lives. It, it becomes all about what we are trying to achieve instead of what God wants to do through us. It, when God's in charge and when he's directing the how, we move into that space of the supernatural. We move into the space of God doing only what he could do versus us doing what only we can do. And I tell you what, when we move in the space of only what we can do, it's always smaller to what God wants to do. And so when we pick up the story again, Gideon needs to listen to the instructions of the how. And so we first see this happen in Judges 7, verses 2 to 7. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. Well, hold on. We've got 22,000. Now, if you're going to go into a battle, now, think logically. Uh, most of us would like to stack more to less, right? You want to have more men, not less men. But God said, look, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their, uh, into their hands or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Okay, so this is what God says. Look, you've got too many men. And so long as um, you've got all these men, I, I can't really help you. But if you deal with this, I'll be there because Israel is going to boast that they did it instead of me doing it through you. Now, announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left. Well, 10,000 remained. Now, okay, so 22,000 uh, left. So I said earlier there was only 22,000. There was actually more than that. There was 32,000 people at this moment. So actually... 22,000, two-thirds of your army leave because they're, they're fearful. But, but the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Now, if I was Gideon, I'd be thinking, what? There's too many men? We're already down by two-thirds. Take, down, take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues like as a dog laps those um, from those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred of them drank from uh, cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the three hundred men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. Okay. So we have the first instruction that God gives to, to Gideon. It was one is that you have too many people. You've got too many men. And so we went from 32,000 to 22,000 down to 300. Uh, wow, 300, only 300 men. Now, I said last week, um, or actually maybe two weeks ago, I said, look, if, if God is on your side, that equation, if, if God is for you, you're always greater than whatever the enemy is, or whatever the obstacle is, or whatever the situation, if God is with you, if Jesus is with you, then you are going to conquer and you're going to succeed because God will move and do the miraculous. And so at this moment, I, I would say the stakes are incredibly high for Gideon. He's now going into a battle where 
when we read the, the full story, I mean, there is more Midianites and more soldiers in the enemy camp than they can count. I mean, they are covering the whole area. And so this is a, this is a major deal to say, look, I'm going to go fight this battle with 300 people, 300 men. Now, as we continue to read the story, it, it actually even goes a little bit, a little bit more challenging because the how in which God wishes to live, to deliver them goes beyond reason. It seems to go beyond logic. We see here in, in Judges 7, 15 to 16, when Gideon heard the dream, sorry, in its interpretation, so actually just before this happened, I'm jumping ahead a little bit in the story, um, God allows him, Gideon to see, uh, to hear, to be encouraged by what, what happens by hearing a dream. And uh, then we have a passage of scripture. I'm just wondering if I got the right notes here. Yes. Yes, I do. All right. I apologize about that. I got my notes mixed up here a little bit. Judges 7, verses 17 to 20. Um, and it says this. It says, follow me, watch me, uh, and follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets from there and all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Uh, there was in this moment... He was telling the, the Israelites, and a little bit earlier in Scripture, we see he was to divide the, 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 the army or his 300 men into three camps, and he was to place a trumpet in one hand and empty jars in, with a torch inside in the other. And so we have this, this army going out of 300 men against this vast army with, equipped with only two things, really. They have a torch and they have a trumpet, and they're going to go into battle with a trumpet and a torch. Now, I'm not a military expert, but I would say that's probably not the most logical thing to go into battle with. Uh, if I was to go into battle in that time, I would probably want a sword, I'd want a shield, I'd want uh, some equipment with me to fight a battle. But the how of what God wanted to do through Israel, and especially through Gideon and these 300 men, was going to be something that was going to be really beyond them. And it, it was calling them to have a small group and it was going to, he was going to do unconventional things. Can I say, when God wants to move, he often moves in that realm of the unconventional. He, his ways we see in scripture, his ways are, are higher than our ways and his, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And, and we're encouraged in we, when we live out our Christian walk and we follow after him to, to not lean on our own understanding, but to trust him, to, to, to take on board what he's saying to us. And so God, God was calling Gideon to, to take these men and to equip them with, with things that would seem unconventional. God was going to work through them to do something that only God could do. And if we were going to think about this, this process of time, uh, they were going to attack at night. But if I was going to attack with a few people, I um, mean, you've, you've watched enough movies, I think, to kind of think through this. Uh, you would want to be quite stealth in your movements. You'd, you'd want to be undercover. You'd want to be really careful how you do it. But what they were going to do, they were going to divide the men up. They're going to go around the camp. And um, at the point that it was time, they were going to break their the, the clay pots that were surrounding their, their torches. And they were going to blow their trumpets. Now, if you're going to want to be a little bit concealed and keep your your location kind of quiet or or um, 
hidden, to have a torch at night time and to blow a trumpet really identifies your position, correct? It really says, this is where I'm standing right now. So in case you're wondering at night time, again, this is before they had, you know, like street lights and the rest of it, they would have known exactly where those 300 guys were standing. Now, this would have been a real step of faith. This would have been a major, a major moment to say, okay, God, you're going to have to do something supernatural at this moment. When God leads us, he, he leads us beside, he, he leads us down roads that don't always make sense. But when we see the fullness of the story, it makes a lot of sense. But in those moments, if you could imagine for the guys, having to take on board what Gideon was saying to them, to, to take the clay pots and, and, and they're going into battle holding things in two hands that are not weapons, uh, you would have had the thought they were wondering, has this been the wisest decision of my life? Maybe I'd rather be with the other 32,000 guys that already left. Um, the last 300 really... The stakes were incredibly high. God wishes to work through our lives in a way that leads us to a greater dependence upon Him. You see, God was stripping away anything that would be self-reliant upon skill, upon their own ability. Because right now, they were standing there not as soldiers. They were standing there as trumpet blowers and people holding a torch. They, there was no military strategy to this at all. They were completely dependent upon what God could do. And when God is in control of our lives and we're saying yes to him and we're saying, okay, God, have your way, Lord, do what you want to do in and through my life. And, and I'm willing to work through the how I'm willing to I've discerned that it's you that's called me to do this. And, and even though it doesn't seem logical what you're asking me to do, I, I'm going to take I'm going to move in this direction to really listen to your voice. He will lead us down roads that. We're very dependent upon him. Well, we really need to know that he's with us. And now as we continue to read the story, God's plan always requires an ultimate step of faith. There's this moment where they have to actually do something. And so as I started reading earlier in, in verses 17 to 20, again, he said, look, you just follow my example. Uh, when I get to the edge of the camp, do as exactly as I do. And uh, at that moment, we need to blow our trumpets and we're going to proclaim for the Lord and for Gideon. Now, verses 19, Gideon and the, the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets, broke the jars that, um, that were in their hands. The three companies blew their trumpets and smashed their jars, grasping the torches in their hands and holding in their, their right hands the trumpet that they were blowing. They shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. There was a moment where action was required. There was a moment that they had to blow the trumpet and they had to smash the jar and expose the torch. There is this moment when we follow the Lord where ultimately a step of faith has to be taken. I think if we have an understanding that God is speaking to us, if we, God gives us an idea of, of the how, there will always be a moment where we have to take a step. And uh, in this moment, before they saw the victory that God was going to bring them, they had to do something on their part. And I've discovered in my walk with God that God always says, look, if you trust me, if you take that step first, 
I will come through. I, I'm on the other end of that step. I, as you take the step, I am there. And there's times in our lives where we need to do that before we see it, before we see the outcome. I mean, we read the whole story, and we're going to see in a minute, God does something amazing in this moment, but they had to take a step before. Gideon and his men blew the trumpets, displaying their torches. They were no longer hidden. They were no longer um, uh, in the, in the, the shadows. They were, they were out on display. And I find that is what faith looks like. Faith can't be this hidden thing somewhere deep inside of us that we believe in a God, that we believe He's somewhere. Yeah, we have this trust in God. There are moments when our faith has to be lined up with action. You know, in James, we have this, this understanding in James 2. It's, he talks about faith without works is dead. Faith without any action, without any steps of obedience, it's just, in some ways, it can be just a fantasy. It can just be a, a concept versus something that's powerful to change lives change situations. You see, faith is this currency of heaven that when we start to activate faith, when we start to use faith, we see God doing the supernatural. We see God stepping in in ways that we couldn't even have imagined. And we can't live on this fence and serve God yet never take a step of faith. When God is speaking to us about something, when He's calling us, when it's undeniable that God is, is revealing His thoughts and His plans, we can't just sit on it and hope it's going to come about all on its own. There are moments that we have to say, okay, I'm going to jump in with two feet. And I've discovered equally, you can't jump in with it and keep in a safe space. You know, when God said, look, I, I'm calling you, Tyler, to go. Uh, and initially, we lived, I lived in Holland for, for three years. And I had to actually go and live in Holland. I, I couldn't stay in Canada saying, I'm called to, to, to be a missionary. And yet, stay in Canada... It, it, it doesn't work that way, does it? And in fact, I, I flew to, to Holland the first time when I was 18 years old, had no idea um, where I was going. I got to the airport. The guy who was supposed to pick me up was three hours late. I, you know, this is before technology, so I had a phone number. I called the house. Um, he didn't pick up, obviously, because, well, he was on his way, but I didn't know where he was. I didn't know where I was going. And I remember this helpless sense of, okay, God, I am so in your hands. He was faithful. God saw me through that time. I saw God do amazing things in my life over those years and, and since then till now. But there's always been moments when I knew, when I know God is speaking, where action has to be taken at some point. And so when God is saying something to you, to, to start something new or to lay something down, that there are moments that we have to take it on board and we have to do something. And sometimes we like to have everything sorted out in our lives before we... We, we, we're going to take that step of faith. Even maybe that initial step of faith to, to put our faith in Jesus. Sometimes we, we, God has revealed His love. He's revealed His, His thoughts towards us. We understand salvation. We understand what Jesus did on the cross. We understand it all. But there still comes a moment where we have to say, I'm in. I, I'm choosing to put my faith in. I, I'm choosing, gonna, I'm going to now live by, uh, uh, I'm going to live in a lifestyle following Jesus. You, you can't just, believe a concept and think that that's enough. It isn't. We're called to take steps of faith. And faith and obedience work hand in hand. Faith without obedience isn't faith at all. And so, when God is speaking to us and we know what it is, I encourage you to take those steps of faith like Gideon did. He, he understood, he, he discerned God's voice, he, he, he listened to the process of a how, 
But when the when it really came to that critical moment of action, he didn't shy away from it, but he said, Look, follow my example. He said to his guys, Follow my example. And as I do it, look, I'm going to expose myself first. I'm going to put my myself first in this whole situation. I'm sure the rest of the guys were just watching as Gideon did this. He he broke his his clay pot and started to blow his trumpet started to shout and that would have inspired people around him to do the same you know i think our lives when we live a life following jesus and we live a life that's willing to take audacious steps to to follow him and take god at his word you know what it causes faith to rise in those around us as well it's an amazing thing these three guys found i think their courage in gideon because he he was very convinced by what was happening. And the same thing goes, our life can impact the people around us when we are willing to be all in in following God. You see, I think sometimes Christianity is viewed by many people as this kind of boring, out-of-date religion. But it is the farthest thing from that when we live a life fully dedicated, fully all in following Jesus. I, I mean, it is the most exciting journey you can have when you say yes to Him and you're willing to activate faith. You're willing to take steps of faith. It's my experience that we experience God and His power in that space of the unknown. It's in that space after we take the step of faith, we see God and we see what He's able to do when we can just trust Him. Can I just encourage you, church, that if we're waiting for God to do His part first before we will trust Him, you know what? I think we will always be living in this space of less than what God wants to do. He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to take steps that will lead towards Him doing the extraordinary in and through our lives. What was the outcome of the story? Well, we see it in this, in, in Judges chapter 7, verses 21 to 22. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the three hundred trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled. In various places. We, we see the army fled. What was the outcome of the story was that God brought the victory. In, in fact, these three hundred didn't do any fighting at all. They... They, they just blew their trumpets. They gave their shout. They showed their torches. And that's where the victory came. God did the rest of the work. You see, God isn't wanting us necessarily to do all the heavy lifting. He, he said, look, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. He, he, working with me, you'll see me do the, the, the big stuff. All you need to do is provide what you can offer. All, all you need to do is avail yourself. God is calling us to take our place with Him. This is where we started this whole thing uh, three weeks ago, that God is calling us to take our place. He's calling you as a believer, someone who's following after Him, to join Him in what He's doing at this time. What would happen in this moment of time if you said yes to God? Maybe there's things that God has been speaking to you for a long time, and you've just been resistant, or you've You've just been on the fence. What would happen if in this moment you said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to follow. I'm going to trust. I'm going to, 
I'm going to listen to what God is saying to me. God wants to do more than what we can dare to dream or imagine. But He's asking for all of us. He's asking for us to listen. He's asking for us to follow Him. And so can I encourage you to do that? If you've never taken that step of faith to put your trust in Jesus, to to take that initial step, that's going to be the, the beginning of this amazing journey. But for those of you who have taken that step of following Jesus, you know what? It is it is more than just stopping there. It's it's moving forward. It's It's continuing to live out the call that God has for us in the big picture of life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.